Before we get started today, we wanted to announce a new Instagram contest. For every mini-sode, we're going to have a custom illustration that's going to combine two to three phrases that we'll be covering that episode. The first person to guess the phrases correctly will win a special surprise. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Origins of Podcast, and you can maybe win a prize. The Origins of is a podcast about ancient wisdom, crazy myths, everyday objects and concepts, and the overall creativity of humankind. Join Jesse and Olivia as they explore the origins of the things we encounter around us every day. Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Jesse. And welcome to our mini-sode. This is our mini-sode, our second mini-sode. Um, we are covering in our mini-sodes um, common words and phrases that have really interesting origins. Um, in a quick-fire Yeah, in a quick-fire fashion. None of these last longer than five or so minutes, and they're things we use every day. Um, but they're actually very strange. They don't really have meanings behind them. So um, I think we said that Jesse was going to go first, and mm-hmm. Jesse has a fun theme going on. I have a great theme. And I would like to point <laughs> out that all of these were um, requests from listeners <laughs> slash people in my life who said, can you tell me about the origin of this? Well, um, So I'm sorry that they have kind <laughs> of a uh, middle school humor yeah. theme going on. Um, which this also proves that if you write into us, <laughs> you, we, we will cover, will cover your, your weird phrase or word. Yes. So I'm going to start with, uh, you can't polish a turd. And yeah. I will say that this uh, was requested of me by my husband who said, can you please cover this one? Because it comes up a lot in his job. He's a developer. And so um, oh. sometimes if you have a really crappy project, it's already poorly done or something like you just you can you can throw man hours at it and you're just, just not going to get any better and so he was actually saying that they they will say this yeah. or he will say this sometimes where he's like you just can't polish a turd that's where i've heard it i don't think i've ever used it mm-hmm. because i'm a designer so everything i do is beautiful you can fix the well, first time i mean but what if you're given something that is already just really i don't know by its very nature not good and you, you know have to me try though to make it better i'm not I'm very subdued and subtle. Like I hate cards against humanity. I don't like saying like I curse for sure. And, but I get really embarrassed when I talk about bathroom humor or sex humor, unless you like super, 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 super know me. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I I will blush. I don't, I don't think I would ever say turd. Well, you might get embarrassed (laughs) by my three topics then, but um, yes. So uh, the origin of this is basically a couple of different things you can find on the internet. Um, Jerry Lewis, who is a writer, director, um, Hmm. actor, actually gives himself credit for coming up with it uh, um, in an oft told story of him and Stanley Kubrick, where they were working in the cutting room and he Stanley Kubrick comes in and asks, could he watch some stuff or something? And then he makes the quip about, you know, you can't polish a turd. And Stanley Kubrick says, well, you could if you freeze it. And that's like a thing. (laughs) And I saw that in a couple of places. But again, I think that's really only he's the only one who's ever vouched that. But it is in multiple places on the Internet. Um, Some of these when I when you research things that are phrases, sometimes they're. There's, there's not a lot of written history about it. Right. It, it can yeah. be very um, so cultural, self-perpetuating where it's like if you read one source on the internet and I read 10 more, they're all, I think, I think talking to each other. So it can be kind of hard to know. Um, but there is also a um, citation in the Oxford English Dictionary for this term. Um, so it's 
legit. Uh, shocked um, face right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and it, it is uh, that the first citation of it um, is in a 1976 book, Star Making Machinery Inside the Business of Rock and Roll by Jeffrey Stokes. So I guess in some context in the music industry, someone said, okay, maybe if they're already, you know, a real bad artist, maybe you can't <laughs> polish a turd. Um, there's also a stack exchange thread that notes earlier references to you can't shine shit, so which is a very similar hmm. um, problem. However, the really amazing thing about this is that uh, the Mythbusters <gasps> did what um, bust this myth in 2008. Nuh-uh. There's an episode, and you can find it on the internet if you want to look it up. They proved that you can, in fact, polish a turd. There is a Japanese art of dorodango, which is, quote, making shiny balls out of mud. And it allowed them to, the process they went through, to, like, they, they did this uh, with actual poo. Oh, my God. Allowed them to get very polished poop use, without using wax or any other type of foreign addition. Um, and when they measured it for gloss, it was found to exceed the minimum specifications for a polished object. That... So, this there you is go. the world. And you, we I, live in. So, I think you can polish a turd, even if the phrase is, and it really does mean... Something that's already kind of crappy. Yeah, like, don't intended. expect me to fix this. I can only make it so much better than because the, right. you know, the foundation was already not good. Mm-hmm. Right. That, yeah. Can't polish a turd. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> okay, so mine, uh, we'll kind of stay in the industry of, I guess, not really industry, but mine is a tall drink of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you heard of that? Like, yeah, have you heard? I have. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's... Um, I feel well, like it's like something an old woman would say about yeah. like a young man who's doing yard work. That's exactly... <laughs> kind of exactly the origin. So tall drink of water, for those of you who haven't actually heard of it, because it might be... It's most likely a Southern thing. Um, it means someone is so handsome or beautiful that they are refreshing. Like the full phrase oh, is like a tall drink of water mm-hmm. on a summer day. So two of mine actually are missing half of their, their um, kind of similar to um, your last last episode where the full expression is missing. So uh-huh. it's, it's tall drink of water on a summer day. The actual origin, and now this is not, there's again, there's no citations for this one because it's cultural. Everyone just says it over and over. No one wrote it down in a book. Yeah, um, It's just sort of been said over and over again until it was um, used in pop, pop culture. Um but th- they're theorizing that it was only a southern thing because of the heat. Because a, a tall glass of water is not that refreshing in snow. <laughs> if you're shoveling snow. Yeah, if you're shoveling <laughs> snow. Um, Maybe some a tall mug of hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they're predicting that it does come from older women or field workers who said, oh, that person is a long, tall drink of water. Saying like, oh, it's so refreshing to look at them mm. um, because it's like really hot out here. And they are <laughs> they're refreshing to look at um, in my eyes. <laughs> that's That's the... That's it. So it kind of is older That's great. women looking at, but there is no actual um, written record um, super, super early or anything like that. It's just been a phrase that's been passed around that I also think is hilarious when someone looks at someone else and goes, man, they are a long, tall drink And describes them that way. Yeah. It's right. Just, what? It's so funny. Uh, on the same what, note of what? just weird expressions to describe something, colder than a witch's tit. <laughs> so... 
oh, I can't. I'm just dying. People are giving <laughs> I can tell you that the person who requested this one is Southern and that her family is very Southern. And mm-hmm. she said, why does my weird Southern family say this? But actually one of the articles I found on the internet was um, sort of a word nerd and a phrase nerd. And he or she is from Wisconsin. So I got this and said it's, and he, and the person made reference to like, this is also a frequent oh. thing we will say, you know, in the Midwest. So it, it might cross regions although it could also be something that's maybe kind of rural to say i don't know if Mm -hmm. i I can't maybe it's just my perception but i can't imagine someone in i don't know new york city saying (laughs) it's colder than a wish's tit out here i just don't think (laughs) they would but maybe i'm wrong Uh, i've heard Um, it once or twice i haven't heard it like a lot a lot but Mm -hmm. well it basically just is a very vivid metaphor for it's really cold out here you know um there is a person and the phrase finder. Um, a lot of these are just going to be nerd nerds who write about language, right? <laughs> right. I think those are the things I get when we when we research these little many things. Bruce Call in two thousand one wrote on the phrase finder. Um, since a witch is in league with Satan, presumably she has no maternal feelings. Thus, the medium by which she would suckle a child is well cold as a witch's tit. So I guess if there's no maternal feeling coming from the actual mammary gland, that's that's one explanation. Um, Another interesting little blurb of history about this is that there is technically um, in the um, 1600s, 17th century, when um, there was witch hunting going on. They specifically mentioned the Matthew Hopkins time period, who was a British witch hunter, that there was this obsession. And um, if you're into this type of history, like, you know, witch hunting, you probably know this, but there were either a witch's mark or a devil's mark. And they would literally, like, examine you to figure out what was the cold and numb part of your body. And that could potentially mean that you had a devil's mark. Because it literally, like, if this part of your body didn't respond, you know, it, it's very faulty. But that maybe that had something to do with it. I would it. have thought the opposite, that it'd be like if it was, like, super hot. Yeah, no, it was cold. So that mm-hmm. could be cold as in witches being cold. Yeah. Um, but the other uh, thing that comes up that's closely related is colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra, which is even, I mean, I think at this time, it, the, at this point, it's just people trying to add yeah. crazy things to make a metaphor even crazier. But a brass bra would literally be very cold. I, I mean, it sounds I very if, uncomfortable. If you were wearing a brass bra on a really cold day, you'd probably be. Yeah very cold so um i just kind of thought it meant you know just being really cold um yeah like maybe just like a mean person therefore she's cold therefore yeah. <laughs> her tits are cold i guess <laughs> what so there you one. go uh shout out to my favorite witch movies which are practical magic which doesn't have cold witches they're actually on wind have you seen yeah. that they're amazing i've never seen practical magic oh it's on netflix right now you need to go home and watch i should it. go it's watch a great it ho- it's a great halloween it's got nicole kimmon and sandra bullock that's fun witches. and then my other one is kiki's delivery service but they're both like it's not like hocus pocus where they're like mean witches they're mm-hmm. like kind and loving and kiki is like this cute little spunky witch that goes and travels and yeah i don't see those are really cold, fun but yeah practical magic is amazing it's like this great like 80s 90s vibe yeah i'll have to watch it oh it's so good Okay, so my next one uh, is, like, a two-minute one because it was, like, super, super simple. So it's Make a Beeline, uh, and actually, boyfriend Adrian gave me this one. He's like, oh, that's an interesting one because bees don't fly like that. They actually, if you see a bee, and actually, I just did a design. Yeah, they, like, like they look more drunk than straight. Um, But I actually recently did a design, and whenever I do design with a bee, I do that little line after it. 
that's like goes like a little loop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like you don't just I know exactly. design I can a picture exactly and mm-hmm. not have like the line be straight. It, it's all just it always does this little loop. So it does make sense. Like why is it a beeline? Yeah, I have wondered this. Um, well, so they say that the phrase actually comes from when a bee finds its little nectar, it does make a beeline back to the hive. Oh, it's like, hey, yeah, it's like, I can't mess around. I got I got to get back. I got it. Yeah. Or it, it, it apparently does a waggle dance. Like it does this little butt shaking thing. And I looked it up and it just looks like it, uh, it just kind of. Like you watch to be do this and yeah, it just kind of Yeah, I touched in a waggle dance. Yeah, it just looks like it's like, you know, bouncing around. So when it gets the nectar, it immediately goes back. It goes directly to the source um, of the nectar back and forth because it's communicating with the other bees. So uh-huh. obviously if you make a bunch of little a little um, moving around patterns, then they can't find follow you. And then the reason why they move around and not make a straight line is because they're looking for the nectar. So if they haven't found it yet, they do the erratic bee behavior. But if they have found it, it's a, it is a bee line. Now, how that got into popular culture um, was the earliest that they found was from the Davenport Daily in 1808, um, which was... Uh, this guy of Rock Island was thrown from his sleigh on Third Avenue yesterday. The horse becoming frightened and turning abruptly, nipping the cutter. The horse made a beeline for home. So that's 1808 is like the earliest it was actually written down. But so and is it is it speaking in reference? I don't I don't know if I didn't catch all that. But like, is the horse did something happen similar to when the bee finds the nectar, and so the horse had to head straight home? Like yeah, there was so much a, like it has a one goal in mind. Yep. Like making a beeline for something is like I you skip everything else. Oh yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. a even describe what the phrase means. Which it means is literally like, what it means. Yeah. yeah. It means like you skip, like if I see, if I walk into a store and I see, I don't know, candy, I love candy. I will skip everything to go straight to that or skip yeah. everything and go straight to whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so or like, like oh, she me, made a if I forgot something from the grocery store and I have to go back, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god! I'm mad oh. that I'm even here. I'm getting those stupid eggs and yeah. I'm leaving. So you have yeah. to make a beeline, but I I think of it more as a pod- positive connotation. Yeah, most for of sure. The time is <laughs> you make a beeline over to the I don't know. I don't know why I just got really southern. I feel like a lot of these things are really southern, <laughs> and I don't know if that's just because of where we live. So northern Probably. people, please write to us to give us some northern expressions. What are weird things that you say? Yeah, that yeah. you've wanted to know the the background yeah. of. All right, that's it. For that one. That's cute. So it's funny also that I think we associate the that beeline culturally, or we we mean the end when he's going straight to the mm-hmm. to the hive, but that we think of bees like when you were saying when you draw it in your design work, mm-hmm. it's and it's got that little zoop de looped yep. around. It's funny that we we sort of unconsciously are aware of both. Um, yeah. But we always only think of a bee as going in like a little doop doop doop. Yeah, we think of line. it as the cultural cute version, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of the time and less of the real. Like you could actually draw a bee with a little straight buzzy line <laughs> behind him. And you're it would not be going accurate. <laughs> but it would just look weird. Yeah, but most people draw bees as like really cute little bumbly things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. That's for that. Really fun. Yeah, cute little bee getting that nectar. Yeah. Straight for it. Yes. Right. So um, <laughs> best for last, right? Uh, my friend asked me to please look into the origin of hoo-ha. Yeah, which is very commonly used. Mm-hmm. I, yep. Which is a euphemism for a woman's private area. Um, vagina. The downstairs one. <laughs> we can say yes. vagina on the podcast. We can. It's a medical term, right? Vagina? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so basically, if you look up the Urban Dictionary entries for <laughs> this uh, word, <laughs> they're all from 04, 05, 06. So it's it's pretty well established euphemistic term um, for a vagina. And it's basically also considered East Coast slang. I don't know who qualified that, but it is on um, Urban Dictionary as East Coast slang. Um, but what's interesting is that there's also... Um, a lot of history. If you literally just Google hoo-ha, the, the dictionary definition is um, a commotion or a fuss that is unwarranted. Oh. So an occasion where there's too much interest or discussion about something that is not important. So I don't know if someone – I'm pretty sh- – I f- first of all, I feel like that is a bastardization probably of the word hoopla. I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hoopla. Um, but um, it's been used, the word hoo-ha, to, to, to mean like, you know, much to do about nothing, has been in existence since uh, first published in a British magazine in the 30s, the 1930s. Mm. But also hoo-ha, just H-U-H-A, technically um, is it – is also a Yiddish word that means uproar. So who knows about that? It could come from like both, you know, hoo-ha, hoopla, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because there's also a post of this linguistic linguist uh, person who mistakenly kept saying like, oh, all the hoo-ha about this. And someone <laughs> was like, hey, that doesn't mean what it's you think it means. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you're technically using the dictionary definition of it, you don't maybe want to mm. say that. Um, and so there is an actually awesome um, uh, dictionary of slang. And I was like, ooh, I need to buy this for our podcast because if we're going to be doing all these words, like I want to be mm-hmm. able to go to the dictionary of slang. Um, it's $265 on Amazon. The kid <gasps> is like, it is like an encyclopedia. It's like four volumes we don't of need this that. guy's no. But I was Sorry, like, everyone. ooh, cool. Great. I mean, maybe if we that get... Is- um, you know, a donation or something, or maybe it's in the library. Like I'll, I'll go yeah. look that up. But, um, but this guy, Jonathan Green is basically the living expert on slang. And there is an awesome, awesome article about his, um, the, um, about specifically slang about sex that I'm going to be throwing up on the website. Oh, great. And it's really, really cool. And there are embedded in that he made a bunch of different, um, timelines of, of sex words. Wow. So you can look at a timeline of penis and all the different word like <laughs> euphemisms for that and vagina and sex as well. It's like it's yeah. really, really cool. I mean that makes sense, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like different we don't use the same words. Well throughout. then we haven't exactly and but that you know, but that we in a you know real human sense, we try to find a, a different way of saying it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what's super funny is um, I'm going to p- put the links to the timeline up as well because um, I was going to find some clever way of introducing this by saying, "Oh, what you mean the fly trap or nettle bed?" <laughs> oh no, which would have been 1870s, 1880s. I mean, this is like pretty. Oh, the fly trap pretty. is grossing out. <laughs> Or do you mean um, her periwinkle? Oh, no. I'm dying. (laughs) And that would have been from the 1900s. Um, There is also, oh, my God, maybe this, I mean, these all just sound so gross. But what about jam pot? That would have been 1890s. Oh, my God. All right, y'all. And if you want to go way, way back, there is Love's Cabinet. Oh, okay. Which is the 1700s. Maybe oh, you belong no. in the 1700s. I do. I swear, Love Cabinet <laughs> sounds like something I would. I don't think I would ever call it a. Oh, no. Not and there's also from the 1650s, 
Venus's anvil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Guys. <laughs> but and there then, are uh, hundreds on this timeline. Like, it was just, it was hard for me to even read them all, let alone find the ones that were too good. But, I mean, yeah. nettle, we gotta get more nettle bed. We're I mean. at hoo-ha, and they were calling it these intricate... Love's cabinet. Yeah, come on, guys. Cool. I'll leave it up to the next generation. I think Periwinkle's kind of cute. But what was Periwinkle? That wasn't <laughs> That like... was the 1900s. Like, okay. All turn right. of the century. All right, mm-hmm. our children. I leave it up to everyone yep. to make a Come better... up with something <laughs> besides hoo ha. Oh my god! Yeah, just blushing. there you go. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Well, we're gonna take it back um, to be lighthearted. Um, I love this phrase. It's happy as a clam. And one of my favorite usages it's of this cute. is one of my favorite movies. Um, oh, I think it's from this movie. Uh, He's just not that into you. It's like a silly little rom com, and uh, Jennifer Aniston is. Um, a bridesmaid and this one woman looks at her and she's like, let's all just be happy as clams. And she does this little hand with, she makes a little clam and I'm just like, Oh, that's so cute. But if you think about it, what? Well, wait, why? Clams right, why? are not I... associated with being happy. They don't have like faces. Like they don't. I mean, unless they're just really content. Yeah. But how would you know but that? I don't think by being content. Right. Or, so I don't know. The origin is that the, the phrase has been shortened over time. Aha. Yeah. So the real full phrase is happy as a clam in high water because Aha. when it was low tide, you could look into the water and pick out the clams. They were in danger and they would get exactly. eaten. When it's high water, you can't see the clams. So they don't get eaten. So they're happy. So logical. Just, There's yeah. so much reason. So someone basically just sort of said... Um, it's too long of a phrase. Let me just, well, they just lob off the Or rest. like they, everyone knows the phrase, so you just start mm, using the shortened version and then true. over time. So we forgot the phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the earliest version is in a sonnet in 1840. Um, an American poet named John G. Sachs, S-A-X-E, and it's called Sonnet to a Clam. I'm going to read it to you. Um, inglorious friend, most confident I am. Thy life is one of very little ease. Albeit men mock thee with their sim- similes and prate of being happy as a clam. Aww. That's a sonnet. And there it is. Yeah. Um, 18. But it's, but it's stunted. Or it's, oh, yeah. Um, I read you know, it. it's been, it's been, um, oh, yeah. It's been shortened already. already shortened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was like the first, like, written version. Um, the, the full version was 1841. This is the first written version was in the Banger Daily Wing and Courier in 1841, which is only a year later. Um, your course, this is like a recording of something, mm-hmm. I think. And it said, your correspondent has given an interesting and undoubtedly correct explanation of the expression as happy as a clam at high water. His pursuits must be anything but clamorous if we may judge <laughs> from his knowledge of the nature and habit of this interesting little fish. He said clamorous. He so did. It's so funny. It's like clamorous. Yeah. So um, 1840s, happy as a clam. And I, I think it lasted until. It really did. Now. I mean, I've, I mean, I've heard it. that phrase. It's yeah. happy as a little clam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we should do bug in a rug. I like that too. I use um, something as a bug in a rug. And I think you can go on and on with that actually. <sighs> the funny thing about these is that they're quite, I mean, I think that's about, so far we've done. So far, I've done six of these, right? Because this is our second mini-sode. And it's weird because some of them really are just... its I, I, There's no confusion about what it means. It's pretty clear. But who said it and why did it stick? And that's yeah. what's harder to find sometimes. And so we, we don't, don't question it. it. 
we all use it, which I think is really funny. It's like no, everyone says, "Oh, you're just happy as a clam," and like no one's like, "Wait, but clams aren't happy." Right? What like, does that mean? No one stops and is like, "A hoo ha!" Doesn't really. Yeah. That doesn't sound anything like a vagina. Although if I could have, if if I could make a note about hoo ha, I mean, I think it has that onomatopoeia sound about like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, your hoo ha. Like, it, I don't know. It, I feel like you could context clue that based on how people say it. That yeah. you, you kind of know maybe what they're talking about. Yeah, these are fun. And I also think I'm going to have to start going to a library because like you, you kind of mentioned this, but some of these phrases are so old and they're so cultural that they don't have, I'm trying to find real like real snippets mm-hmm. of where they're read, but like, um, like the tall drink of water that that's yeah. not, there's no evidence of that anywhere. Um, we don't have like an old ancient, like exactly. I keep saying ancient, but we don't have like an 1840s description of someone saying tall drink of water in literature, but we just know it came. From well, you know really, what I should really do is I should use my Georgia state credentials. You should. And I should see if there is someone has to have digitized that, like a dictionary of slang or, you know, yeah. some type of like, even if we had an encyclopedia type reference, we could go to where we, need that. we could look that up and it would, you know, it's, if it's behind a pear barrier, hopefully we could, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Break that open. All right, or, future episodes, write yes. into us. Um, Please do. Write into us with your favorite phrases, and even if we don't know them, we will we will talk about or them. Or if you know a good origin of a phrase that you don't yeah. think a lot of people know, you could help us with yeah. that. You know, you're like, absolutely. hey, I know this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. Yep, our mini sods, we do, we, we do three each. Um, like, I guess we can get thematic eventually. And it eventually. words, too. Yes, we mm-hmm. do. Wor- we did a word last time. I did flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, write into us, and that's all for today's mini sod. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Johnny Stubbs in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit us online at theoriginsofpodcast.com or to help us support this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theoriginsofpodcast.